Good morning, everyone. Let's go ahead and get started. If you're in the foyer, come on in, join us, and uh, let's begin today, shall we? Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for Sunday school, for the opportunity that we have to study the Word of God and to know you better, to understand truth, to practice it, to be convicted, and to be encouraged. Father, I thank you very much that we have teachers throughout this building that are teaching the students, and I just pray that you would give them the words they need and that your grace would fill this place in a remarkable way. As we go about the things that we do today, may Jesus Christ be glorified, may he be exalted and lifted up, and Father, I just pray that the Spirit of God would do a mighty work in our lives as we worship, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we are uh, looking at our lesson of Toward Love in Action in uh, our quarterly, and if you have a quarterly, you can, session five is what we're doing, and um, the theme and, and the connection and all of those things, the theme is this, love for God and love for others is the fruit of true Christianity. In teaching the church about the nature of true love, the Apostle Paul, uh, excuse me, the Apostle John reminded Christians that love is not merely a matter of feelings or words, but of action. Love was demonstrated and defined most clearly by Jesus' actions of laying down his life for his people. And the application is this. God calls us to open up our eyes to see who is in need and what we can give as a demonstration of Christ's love. Let me read you a handful of things from the quarterly this morning. I, I do that every once in a while when I think they've really nailed some good things. And so let me read you a handful of things, the, the voices and the further commentary that's throughout the, this lesson in the quarterly. Voices is this, C.S. Lewis said this, Love is, is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. Somebody has said this concerning the commentary. It says, Having established that the children of God are characterized by righteousness and freedom from sin, John now describes them as people who love one another. But, although this is their character, it is nevertheless necessary to urge them to love one another. The nature of brotherly love is illustrated negatively by the contrast with Cain, who murdered his brother, and positively by the example of Jesus Christ, who laid down his own life for us. Each of these illustrations is followed by, uh, by the explanation. Thus, believers must not be surprised if they are hated by people like Cain, and they must avoid the feelings of hatred which are tantamount to murder. In the same way, the positive example of Christ's self-sacrifice leads to an appeal for practical love which goes beyond feelings to costly sharing of one's possessions with the needy. In this way, the paragraph is both an appeal for love and an explanation of the nature of love by contrast with, what, with its opposite, which is hatred. Somebody has said this. This was Corey Tinboon. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives us, along with the command, the love itself. And then we read this. It says this. We can understand what love is by looking at Jesus' example. He laid down his life for us. We ought to be prepared to do the same for one another. While the necessity of laying down our lives for one another is rare, the necessity of helping meet one another's needs is not. And I think that that's a pretty significant statement. Because the Bible does say that, you know, and, and there's a verse about that, 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 you know, the ultimate aspect of love is that you lay your life down for somebody else. 
and here are, this guy says this. He says, he says, well, the necessity of laying down our lives for one another is rare. True, very rare. The necessity of helping meet others' needs is really common. The true test of a Christian's love is not his words, but his willingness to sacrifice for the sake of his brother, to love with actions and in truth. Continues to say this, the expression, because we love our brothers, um, uses a present tense form of the verb to love, indicating that the author is stressing the ongoing love for fellow believers is the mark of those who have passed from death to life. Somebody has said Christian love is never abstract, it is always practical. Somebody else has said, God teaches us love by putting some unlovely people around us. He takes no, it takes no character to love people who are loving and who are lovely and loving you. D.L. Moody said, if we have got the true love of God shed abroad in our hearts, we will show it in our lives. We will not have to go up and down the earth proclaiming it. We will show it. And we will show it in everything that we say and in everything that we do. The summary for our lesson today that's found in 1 John, it says, in this session, we will study the biblical call to love as we heard from one of the apostles of John's letters to the believers. We cannot evade the Bible's command to love. It comes through loud and clear, running throughout the pages of Scripture in both the Old and New Testaments. As those who have been rescued from our sin, we now have been given a new identity and the fruit of love will be evident in our lives. This love is not something kept within us. It will naturally be shown through our actions. The Bible does indeed tell us to love one another, and we're going to look at that. You know that. You know that that is the case, um, what the Bible says. that It says, it says in the verse we're going to look at later, by this, the children of God, um, by this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Um, anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. And he gives us an example. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we, before we go into our lesson, it is about love. And you know the Bible does tell us that we should love one another. And I read you some of those interesting quotes and whatnot. What is love of one another? How do we love one another? How is love demonstrated? How is love seen in our lives as Christians? Okay? What is it? What is, how do we love one another? Okay, we can pray for one another. Uh, sorry, hold on. Giving of ourselves. Meeting the needs of others. Choosing to love. Yes. Coming alongside in sadness. Willie? Putting them before ourselves. Judge not. Let me ask you to think of it in a little different way. What are the descriptions that you would use, the phrases that you would use, the words that you would use to help us understand what love is not? You started it. Judge not. What should we avoid if we're going to be people who love other people? Selfishness. Keeping a list of wrongs. Anything doesn't glorify Christ. Criticism. Condemnation. 
self-protectiveness? Gossip? Pridefulness better than them. We talked, saw that last week in Sunday school, didn't we? Vindictiveness? Unforgiveness? Talking bad about them? Anything else? Yep, not forgiving. Slander. There's a lot of things. Here's what's interesting, and, and one of the quotes was that was mentioned is that is that really we don't need to to go around talking about it. It was Dale Moody who said that one. Um, he said um, we we don't have to go up and down the earth proclaiming it. We need to show it in everything we say and do. To talk about what love is, pretty easy, isn't it? To talk about what love is not, pretty easy, isn't it? It's, it's really very easy to talk about love in a place like this and, and to consider it and talk about it and ponder it and all those things. Uh, to actually practically love one another, it's really not all that easy, is it? A little harder than it seems sometimes, isn't it? Let's talk about some of these things. Let's look at what the Bible says. So if you're not there already, open your Bible to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. The first thing that we want to look at from 1 John chapter 3 is the way of the world is marked by hatred. The, the first point here that, that we, we see in this particular section of Scripture, okay, is it says this from 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 10. By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. This is a really interesting thing. The Bible continually, regularly, often tells us that those people who are believers will do certain things. Is that a true statement? It is, whether you guys are wondering or not. It is. <laughs> I would never utter a false statement from this place. <laughs> that is a true statement. The Bible does tell us that. The Bible tells us regularly that those people that now belong to God should look like this. The Bible paints that picture all the time. In this particular verse it says, by this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Interesting phrase, isn't it? You will be able to tell those who are saved and you will be able to tell those who are not saved. You will be able to tell those who belong to God and those who do not belong to God. You will be able to tell the difference between Christians and those people that are not Christians. Well, how am I going to do that? Tell me, John, how does that work? And he says, here it is. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. The Bible continually calls us to live righteously. The Bible continually calls us to do righteous things. Now, that doesn't mean that we do them 100% of the time. We understand that. We get that. But the Bible standard is this is what you ought to be doing. This is how you ought to live. And in living that way, people will look at you and they will say what? What? A man of God. It's exactly right. They will look at that and they will, they will say something different about you. That is exactly right. That's exactly what's going to happen. Okay? Isn't that an interesting thing that the Bible says that? Now, there's a lot of people, even Christians, that will, they don't really appreciate a verse like that because we live in a world today where those lines are so blurred sometimes it's hard to tell the difference on occasion. We want to, we want to look and act a lot like each other in the world where the Bible says, you know what? The difference between a follower of God and a, and a person who is not a follower of God will be incredibly obvious. Okay? You've got to wonder if that is the case in our world today. You've got to wonder if that is the case in our lives today as individuals. The Bible 
does say that. And it says that what's going to happen is that you're going to practice righteousness and you're, and you're going to love, his bro- you're going to love your, your brothers. You're going to love those people in the church. You're going to have a unique love. Okay? And one of the things that we need to just, just say and make sure that we note as we have a discussion like this today is this. There are many people, some may be Christians, most probably are not Christians. There are many people that are involved in systems whereby works are a big deal and it seems like they are way better many times at practicing their righteousness and practicing their love for one another than those who ought to be practicing their righteousness and loving one another out of the heart. We need to ponder that. We need to, we need to wonder, how does that work? Okay? What's, the, what's, the, what's one of the, and, and this was said in a couple different ways, what's one of the biggest things that has to happen for me to love somebody else and I believe that one of the biggest things that has to happen for for me and for you to love somebody else is that I put myself out of the way and I'm always looking outward and that takes a lot of work doesn't it we all have been there we all get it we all know what that means and what that doesn't mean we 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 just you know we don't want to look outward we want to look inward right now and there are times when that's an okay thing but generally speaking for a Christian that's just not going to work. We need to look outward on a regular basis. We need to make sure that that's what we do. And that's, that's, that's practicing righteousness. Let me look at what it says in, in verse 11. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. This isn't new. This isn't different. God has always said that love is an issue. God has always said that your care for other people should be an important part of life. Okay? You should be concerned about other people. You should love other people on a regular basis. Then it says in verse 12, Not as Cain, who was of the evil one, and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. And I think that the reason why this is in here in this particular passage of Scripture is that it's reminding us that this is a battle that is as old as man. We're always supposed to love. And as soon as, there was an, uh, uh, the, as soon as there was an opportunity for the opposite of love to be seen, it was seen. All the way back with Cain and Abel. And the Bible is telling us that we need to live differently than that. Okay? Let me read to you what the quarterly says. At the moment of our salvation, God initiates a great work in us. It is a work that makes us more and more into the likeness of His Son. We call this sanctification. We partner with Him in this work until the day we meet Him face to face and we finally become complete, lacking in nothing. Until then, we are all works in progress, but the proof that we have been given this new identity is the work that has already begun in us. Those who do not know Christ do not yet have this sanctifying work within them. Their trajectory is opposite of ours. It is what ours used to be. Some people openly mock God and hate Christians. They do not believe in nor do they love or ever plan to know or love God. Their life mark is with hate. We must certainly be grieved by these people. So let us intercede on their behalf for a change of heart, enlighten spiritual eyes to the reality of their destiny and a willingness to submit their ways to God. Yet there are others who are on this same trajectory but are not so easy to spot and their spiritual DNA is just corrupted as the former. They may even be churchgoers, appearing to walk the walk and talk the talk. We cannot always discern the difference between real spiritual growth and a whitewashed churchgoing performance. But the Bible is clear. Just as a cornstalk will not produce a tomato, a spiritually dead soul cannot produce the life-bearing fruit of Christ. 
that's what we need to understand. And part of what, what my mission in life needs to be and your mission in life needs to be is on a regular basis is God produce fruit in me and I know that that fruit that needs to be produced in me will, will be tied in with other people on a regular basis. I get that. And so I need to be open to what you're doing in my life in that respect. I need to love other people. I need to be concerned about other people. I need to care about other people. Lord, do a work that that might be the case in my life. A Christian will be practicing righteousness. A Christian will be loving his brother, the Bible says. Okay? Now, that's a hard thing sometimes because we really do have to practice some things. And if I'm going to love my... If I'm going to love my brothers and sisters in the Lord like the way I need to love my brothers and sisters in the Lord let's, let's talk a little bit more about what do I need to put aside, overlook forget, be done with, so on and so forth. What are some things that I need to do if I'm going to love you guys properly and you're going to love me properly? To not recognize them according to the flesh anymore. So so who they are in Christ. That's exactly right. I need to view them differently, don't I? That's exactly right. That's a really good phrase. That's one of the things I need to do, is that when you are loving a person who belongs to God, you are loving God. What else do I need to do? And that's, that's kind of the overall encompassing things. We boil it down a little bit. What are some things? I do need to overlook certain things. I, I do need to overlook their outward appearance. I need to overlook their quirks. I need to overlook their funny little mannerisms. I need to overlook their habits. I need to, I mean, we all have them, right? It, it's, it's the way it is it, on a regular basis. I mean, you know, I'm in front of you guys on a, on a regular basis. You can pick me apart with the little weird things I do, I am sure. Thank you for overlooking those so that you are willing to come back next week and hear what God has to say again. It's very kind of you, all right? We have to do that in order to function, don't we? All the time. What else? I do need to watch my tongue because it can be hurtful. And if I'm going to love properly, I need to do that. But we're, look, we're thinking a little bit about what we need to overlook and how we need to deal with some things. Yes? I do. I need to make sure this relationship is right before this one. That's exactly right. And if I'm going to do that, it's going to help me to view them, overlook, put aside. What are some of the things I need to do? I need to do in order to love properly. I have to forgive regularly. I have to forgive offenses. And the reason why I forgive is because because I've been forgiven by God. I will never love other people properly until I learn to forgive them. Right? Never. Not in a marriage not in a home, not in a church, not in society. You have to do that. And, and the essence of, love, of forgiving is what? Cancel debt. Let it go. They don't owe me anymore. I'm going to put that aside. Yes? Humility, absolutely. That I can't come into it with, I have to accept that. All right? There were a couple others. Yes? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Don't assume the worst, which is one of the big mistakes we make on a regular basis. We assume the worst all the time. All the time. All the time. Well, I am positive that that person saw me and they walked away from me. And
and immediately we, we assume the worst. We, we assume the worst. And we think, oh man, that's, you know, that's terrible. And, and they could have had a bazillion things on their mind. You, you just have no idea what's going on in their life right now. Okay? If we're going to have relationships, those are some of the things that we need to do. And if I'm going to have relationships and if I'm going to love people, I need to choose to do those things. Do I not? I have to do that. And as a Christian, that is our responsibility. Let's move on to the next point here. The church of the way is marked by love, it says here. And we, we read that beginning in... Um, uh, well, let me do verse 13. It says, Do not be surprised, brother, that the world hates you, because as our quarterly pointed out, there has always been this, those people that don't love God and those people that do love God. And, and it's illustrated with Cain and Abel, and, and, and you've had it, you understand it, you see it. Verse 14 through 15. We know that we have passed out of life uh, excuse me we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren he who does not love abides in death everyone who hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him and so the bible is is once again it is it is making it a couple of things very clear here it is saying to us that there is a way that christians live there is a way that christians think there is a way that that is transforming inside of Christianity because of Jesus Christ. Everyone who hates his brother, uh, um, we know that we have passed out of life into death because we love the brethren. One of the things that changes when a person gets saved is their view of other people. And I imagine we can all testify of that. I imagine we can all talk about that, that that is the case, that, that all of a sudden that, that's it. And, and here's the thing. Guyane said that one of the things that needs to happen is that I need to... I need to understand that that person is not it's not the flesh part of that person that I'm concerned about it's who they are in Jesus Christ I need to, and what's going to help me do that is that I need to see life through God's eyes I need to understand that this is I God is doing this right now okay and I need to I need to understand God how do you want me to see how do you want me to view how do you want me to love? I am your representative today. I am your representative right now. I want to shine for you this very moment. How should I treat people? What should I do? And the Bible says that those who have passed out of death into life, they tend to love the, they love the brethren. We see that on a regular basis. Okay? Yes, sir. do have to want to yep I agree sometimes you don't and you do have to want to absolutely you have to want to that's exactly right and Karen mentioned it and we can never get very far away from this what's going to stop me from loving the brethren there's a handful of things what's going to stop me from loving, loving the brethren that has nothing to do with them now be out of the scripture certainly not receiving the love of God so that it will flow through me Sin, being tired, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Physically, he's going to do that one. Time. Well, those are the ones I wanted to concentrate on. These spiritual ones. That's exactly right. Sin, not being in the scriptures, not being close to God, not letting God work in my life. Those things are going to stop me from loving the brethren. Those things are going to stop me from being the kind of person I should be. Are they not? On a regular basis, because if I'm not close to God, 
in, in whatever way that you make that, I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm feeling, however you do, if I'm not close to God, what is one or two words that marks my life, my heart, my approach to life? Anger, possibly. What else? Hard is one. Un, I'm not going to say we're unbelievers. I don't want to be an unbeliever yet. I want the Christians to do this one. I'm self-centered. There we go. I want to talk about Christians right now. Self-centered. I agree. We're self-centered. When I'm not where I need to be with God, I'm self-centered. That's exactly what I am. Okay? Yes? Exactly right. Yep. I agree. I agree. I agree. And we're actually going to look at that at the very end of our class. That's exactly right. The, the Ephesians prayer about that we would understand the love of God. That's exactly right. Okay? When we understand how much we're loved, we love. I will only understand that by being with God. Okay? So what we understand and what we see here is one of the basic commands of all of Christianity, which is love one another and that Christians ought to love, is really going to happen or not happen based upon where I am with God. Am I where I need to be with the Lord? That's going to dictate so many things in my life, right? So many things. Now, here's the thing that you need to understand, okay? No matter where I am with God, by and large, I'm going to love the lovely. No matter where I am with God, I'm going to love those that I have a good relationship with. What we're talking about here more, than, more often than not is I want to talk about the unlovely. I want to talk about those that I'm not real friends with. I want to talk about those that are kind of on the surface. That's when I need God to, his love needs to be poured out in me so that I can pour my love out on them. It's easy to love those that are in your little circle, is it not? By and large. Okay? We need to expand our thinking in that way, right? So the Bible goes on and it talks a little bit in, in, this, in this passage and it says this. He says, because we love the brother, he who does not love abides in death. And so one of the things that he's talking about here is the basic mark of Christianity is love. A basic mark in Christianity. Okay? So one of the things that we then need to ask ourselves the question is, well, how come we see love in this world outside of Christianity? And I believe we do see love in this world outside of Christianity. Now sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a bad kind of a love, but it's a love nonetheless. And the answer and the reason for that is this. God's incredible, wonderful grace has been poured out on humanity. Okay? And humanity, unsaved or saved, they practice many times the qualities that God has displayed to the world in a general way. His general grace is in this world. Okay? And so people who don't know God have the ability to practice some of the things that God says you should practice. Being kind, being considerate, loving, understanding, forgiving, those kinds of things. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And, and I like to say that with, like for instance, marriages, um, you know, is, is that y you all have seen um, two unbelieving people who have gone through a terrible time in their marriage, for instance, maybe adultery was involved and unfaithfulness and some different things like that, who have done what they've needed to do and have worked it together and have become stronger and still have a good marriage. You probably have seen that with unsaved people. And so you say, wait, wait a second, boy, then we as believers had better never not be at least that good, right? <laughs> if, if unbelievers can kind of do it because they understand the general aspect of love, 
God's generous and God's grace is in this world. Can you imagine a world where God's grace didn't touch other people? That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? If you can't imagine it, read Revelation. You'll get a picture of it a little bit. Okay? One of the things that, that, you, that you get with Revelation is you understand what happens when the presence of God is taking off the, taken off the earth. Okay? It becomes incredibly bad. And we read that in Revelation. So this love thing is one of those things that marks us. Look at what it says in verse 15. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer because earlier we read in the Gospels that Jesus talked about the fact that if you, that if you hate, it's like murdering. If you hate in your mind, it's murdering. If you lust in your mind, it's adultery. He says, he says that, that with believers, it's not just the physical act that matters. With the believers, it's the, the heart. Exactly right. It's the heart. And so he says this, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now these are hard words to understand on occasion, aren't they? When you start taking this together and, and taking a good look at your life and saying, wow, where am I with my life? Where am I? And, and, and I would like you just to think about this and think, okay, maybe if I get caught up in, a, in that, I need to change my terminology. I need to change some of the ways that I think and talk, and I need to stop saying I hate that person. I need to stop treating them that way. I don't necessarily have to have a relationship with them but I need to not be crossing this emotional line that takes me down a path that the Lord says is pretty serious. Okay, And so maybe it's a challenge for every one of us to stop and think, where am I at with some people in this world? Okay, I don't need to hate them. I can have nothing to do with them. That'd be fine. But I certainly don't, shouldn't ever be in that world where I say I hate them. And, and that's hard. Sometimes we, that's where our emotions take us. And we need to not allow our emotions to take us there. Instead, we need to have our spirit dictate where our emotions go and our emotions need to stop. That's not where I, I need to be. So I want you to think about that a little bit because this is a pretty bad category, right? And we need to ponder that a little bit. Again, I want to say, I want to make it real clear. I don't think that you need to have a relationship with everybody in the world. But we need to not hate people either. The Bible is really clear about that. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely, it's not about Christians.
And our love for those in the world needs to be that they see the love of Jesus. Yeah, so that they come to a point where they're alive. Is there a hand over here? Yeah. Okay, so, so Frank's question is, how do we identify what that love is, what love is, and then at last he used that phrase, the agape love, which is what the Bible is talking about. Agape is a unconditional love that I do not because you do anything for me, but I do it, which is the right kind of love that we should have for one another. How do we identify that? And I think that we go back to what we talked about in the beginning, I think that's why I wanted to do that, is that I think that it's, it's done in our actions, right? Is that where you're headed with that? Right. But to actually identify what that love is. I don't know what you mean. Identify what that love is. I, I'm not sure. You need to help me. Well, because because when we look at love, I mean, there's there's different kinds of love. I mean, there's there's the love of physical expression. Yep. Okay. Different kinds of love. Yep. kind of love I do know what you mean I think and and so he says because there's different kinds of love and the Bible does talk about the different kinds of love and so I think that I think that the question then maybe if this is where you're headed is that we need to ask ourselves why am I doing what I'm doing am I doing what I'm doing so that they will do back for me am I doing what I'm doing so that I can get a brownie point or am I doing what I'm doing because I care for them above myself I, no, not even above myself, because I care for their greatest good. I think that maybe that's what it amounts to. Is that the neighborhood you're in? And, and that we need to do those things that, that, that we need to be careful that we're not loving people so that we can get something. We need to be careful that we're not loving people so that we can have somebody pat us on the back. It needs to be, I recognize that this is my responsibility as a, as a God follower to put their to help them out as much as I can in their greatest need, their greatest benefit. I think that's kind of... Randall?
Milford. Yes.
that it's it's God at work in me rather than me at work in me. And I think that there's a lot of areas in Christianity where that can be applied, and that's where this love thing is. It's tough to get there, I think, sometimes. Um, I think it's a lifetime pursuit. Yes? them. 
absolutely. Sure. In a way that is laying down our lives because we're putting aside what we'd rather do here, there, laying. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Love versus apathy, yep, I agree. Yeah, we just don't, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's not love versus sight many times it's us. It's love versus apathy, I agree. Yep, and it's it's allowing the body to just kind of whatever. We're going to do whatever the body wants right now. Let me read something that our quarterly did I thought was a really good idea. Is they, they gave some practical illustrations. They said, how do we complete this circuit? What do we do? If we're conduits of God's love, what does that mean? And they gave us some suggestions, and I wanted—I thought these were really good, so I thought I would share them with him. One is pray. This is a starting point. Re- regardless of our stage of life, income level, or ministry training, you can pray. When we're stymied by the needs around us and have no idea who to pray for, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He knows the will of the Father. He also knows our heart and connects the two in ways that we could never utter on our own. So indeed, pray. The second one is pay attention. We don't need to look too far to see people with needs. But sometimes we get so busy that we overlook the opportunities that, um, to love right on our own doorstep. Sometimes we simply have to open our eyes, slow down, pay attention, proclaim the gospel. Christ met many physical needs during his ministry, but spiritual needs as well. And we need to make sure that we understand that when we're loving, the gospel needs to be a part of that. Provide for those Provide for those who are where you cannot be. We certainly cannot meet every need that comes our way. Some seasons of life do not allow us to be the physical hands and feet of love, but others who are capable of serving and helping. We all need to be involved in the financial aspect of missionaries and organizations who are faithfully bringing the love of Christ to every tongue, tribe, and nation. In other words, you can, you can love by pouring into an organization or people that are already doing it. That's a good way to love as well, all right? And then publish the needs to others. As you see needs and pray for them and provide for them, don't forget to tell other people. Involve other people. Hey, so-and-so has a need. Hey, so-and-so has an issue. Hey, so-and-so needs some help here or there. Talk to the other people who are a part of the body of Christ and get them involved. Okay? The bottom line here with this is that for most of us, we, we understand that the Bible says that we should love. And for most of us, we probably understand when we struggle with Loving other people. Probably that simple. Turn with me to Ephesians. We said we're going to do that at the very end. Ephesians chapter 2.
praying for other people and instructing us how to pray for ourselves and other people said that one of the ways that we need to pray is that we would be able to comprehend just how much we're loved by God. Because when we understand how much we're loved, we're going to want to love others. Okay? And we need to pray this prayer on a regular basis. Lord, show me how much you love me. Show me your love. Help me understand so that I can in turn pour out. Pour your love into me. Help me get it so that it just flows out so that other people... I think that, that really this prayer thing is probably more essential than we understand when it comes to this idea of love, both understanding certainly and expressing it to other people, that we would really love like we are. One more and we're done. Yeah, really? It is hard to... That's right. If you're praying for somebody, it's hard to... That's exactly right. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. We just pray that you would grow us in this area of love, help us to understand the ins and outs of it, and that we would... um, get it and we would comprehend it and Father that we would be people who love for you, that we would be people who demonstrate your love on a regular basis Lord that we would not be apathetic that we would not be selfish that we would not be so um, inward in our approach to life that we don't see how we should be involved with other people forgive us when we fail to love take hatred take animosity away from us that we might shine for you, we pray in Jesus' name.